Hi there, I'm Dan, and welcome, or welcome back, maybe, to the Shaw Vineyard Church Podcast. Hey, at the end of this episode, please take just a moment to subscribe in iTunes or in your podcast app of choice. That way, you can get every message from our church straight away on whatever device best suits you. You know, it's our hope that the message that you're about to hear in this episode would encourage you to take your best next step in your faith journey. So let's get straight into it. He is 100% 164th Māori, so he calls himself a bro, and um, depending on who in the family you ask, he either spends not enough time or way too much time surfing and fishing, and I'm picking that Charles is the way too much time, something like that. This is Steve Hurd. Let's give him a hand. Something Annalise said, she said, uh, in, in, in the closing, she said, we're not meant to live alone. And uh, that's really true because the world is starving for encouragement. You don't get enough of it. I don't get enough of it. And if we all did, it just might make all the difference in the world. So hi, my name is Steve Hurd. Uh, today we're going to go on a quick journey through the heart of Jesus to understand how he wants to encourage us and how we can encourage others. So I grew up in a family, oh this is my immediate family, there we are, my immediate family, but I, I grew up in a, uh, my other family, I guess, um, they're not believers, they didn't know any better, but I, I grew up with a lot of criticism, and uh, driving home in the car after a sports game, it was a time when I was shown all the mistakes and failure that I'd made on the sports field, and how I should correct it for next week, and having holes picked in me was the way that I would learn and grow, and yet it had a profoundly different effect. I didn't grow through the criticism and I became discouraged and I lost confidence. So even the world recognises that we need encouragement, um, uh, especially at work. A Gallup poll in 2013 said this, when our bosses re- uh, completely ignore us, 40% of us actively disengage from our work. If our bosses regularly criticise us, 22% actively disengage. And if our bosses recognise just one of our strengths and reward us for what we're doing, uh, for for what we're doing good, only 1% of us actively disengage from our work. We all need encouragement. We all need encouragement. So I'm going to read uh, from the story of Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19, 1 to 10. Let's just read it together. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was so short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he is gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Jesus knew Zacchaeus. And like everyone else, he saw his sin but he chose not to call it out. Jesus had a simple word of knowledge 
And it was really, really simple. And it's the word that everyone loves to hear, and it's their name. Jesus knew his name. And Zacchaeus' name in Hebrew means pure or innocent. His name represented something that Jesus saw in him. And yet up to that point, he wasn't pure or innocent at all. He was collecting taxes for the Roman government, and he was made, he was made rich by taking some of it for himself. And so people thought, Jesus, you've made a mistake. But Jesus is perfect theology. He didn't make a mistake. He treated Zacchaeus as though he was already made righteous. Jesus saw the gold in him and he called it out. He saw in Zacchaeus what others didn't see and he saw in Zacchaeus what even Zacchaeus didn't see. And for that one moment in time, our little rotten Zacchaeus, he felt like the most important person in the whole world. You know what? When we interact with God, God wants us to feel like the most important person in the whole world. This is the heart of God. In Romans 2, 4, it says this. It says, the kindness of God leads you to repentance. The kindness of God leads you to repentance. So the interesting thing is that after this, the people witnessing what had just happened had one of two choices. They either had to change their mind about Jesus. He loves people despite their sin. Or they had to change their mind about Zacchaeus. In other words, if Jesus loves him and sees the gold in him, then I need to as well. You know, there are people in your work who you just notice the sin. But God wants you to notice what's the gold is underneath all that. And he wants you to call it out. So that was my point number one. Oh, I better put it on the PowerPoint. Uh, God wants to encourage us. He wants to encourage us. He sees the gold in us. And he wants us to know what that is. And point number two uh, is similar. We need to encourage each other. So God wants to partner with us to bring encouragement to our families, our church, and the world. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. My wife, Sharla, is an incredible encourager. <coughs> She's awesome. So I've been in situations way too difficult, and I feel like giving up, and she's there saying, Steve, you got this. You can do this. So thanks, honey. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I get to, in my work role, I get to facilitate groups of around five to 15 people, and I love the opportunities when I hear something. It might have been maybe a problem they've overcome or a situation they're dealing with, and I just think, wow, that's a real strength of theirs. And rather than just think that thought, I've learned to speak it out. As my heart connects with God's heart for that person, I get a sense of God's love for them. And in those moments, they don't even know, but I start to prophesy over them. I start to speak encouragement to their lives and, and letting them know what God thinks of them. I just don't say it's God. I just say things like, man, that's a real strength of yours. Or when you're in that situation, man, your, your wisdom is really solves situations and, and, and so solves problems in those situations. And you see the light come on their eyes. They, they lift their heads up. They... They, they, they smile, and I just sense like God, God's pleasure over that situation. <clears throat> situation. I'm speaking God's heart and mind over them and using prophetic encouragement to call out the best in them. Um, <clears throat> never underestimate the value of encouraging others. And I was just thinking before the service, uh, it would make sense to encourage some people in here. And, and since the, the, the youth are here, <laughs> I just want to say, Maddie, uh, um, Maddie Bennett, I really felt... 
God's heart for you. I really felt that God was saying that um, you're a real evangelist and you don't have to just be yourself. God's saying be yourself because by being yourself, you're actually leading others to you. God sees your heart. He loves it. He loves, he loves what, you, what you have. And um, Eden, um, I feel like God's saying you're just a, there's a runner and I know naturally you're sporty. Um, <clears throat> but I, I see the word breakthrough over your life because you're going to be someone who, um, who uh, is like a forerunner who runs before others and brings breakthrough to other people's lives. And again, you don't have to do anything different. God just wants you to be yourself and just, He wants you to connect with His heart uh, for the world around you. And you're going to bring amazing breakthrough into situations which you never thought you would. So, so God just wants to honor that in you. And so that's how we just bring that's that's how we bring encouragement to others. We just say, God, what is your heart for that person? Um, and like Jesus did with Zacchaeus, he's, he, he, we need to call out the gold in others. We need to call out the gold in others. So God wants to partner with us to prophesy and bring encouragement over others. And as we ask God for His heart in a situation, for or for someone in front of us. He will give you naturally supernatural words of encouragement for them. This kindness will leave, will lead them uh, to the heart of God. <clears throat> so, in closing, uh, there are two points. Number one, God wants to encourage us, um, and number two, we need to encourage each other. Some of you have come here seeking encouragement, and my message to you is this: God is for you. He sees you. He sees your heart. He sees the very best in you. And he wants to know that he is for you and cares, de uh, cares deeply about your heart. Others, I believe God wants to challenge you <clears throat> to step out and speak words of encouragement that others desperately need to hear. <clears throat> and I challenge you right now to still your heart and ask God who he wants you to encourage this week. It could be a colleague at work, it could be a supermarket checkout person, a good friend, maybe even a close family member. Who is it? In fact, let's just still our hearts now. Lord, I just pray you speak to us. Who would you like us to encourage this week? And God, give me the words that will bring life and encouragement to their hearts. Okay. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Well done. That's beautiful. So that's Steve, and how encouraging and how wonderful is that? Our, um, our final speaker today is Julia Casadillo. So why don't you come up, Julia? I love the fact that your surname means House of God. It's a, a fantastic thing. Miss Julia, yes, just give her a hand. Sorry I interrupted that, really. So Julia works as a physiologist with High Performance Sport New Zealand. Um, so she's up the road at the AUT Millennium. She's married to Jason, uh, and they have a two-year-old son, Finley, who you might have seen around. And they've been here in the morning congregation. They were here a few years ago, but been here in the morning con congregation at Shaw Vineyard for just under one year. So hand it over to you. Let's give her a hand again. Um, good morning, everyone. It's a real honor to be up here this morning. Um, I just want to start oops, with a question for you. Um, what is it in this world that undeniably lights you up from the inside out? How are you wired? 
Um, that's what I'm passionate about. I am passionate about people recognizing the thing that lights them up inside and then encouraging them and supporting them to pursue that. And I guess the reason why I'm passionate about this is because I think that God wired us for a certain way for a reason and that when we step out and we follow what that is inside us that maybe we are stepping towards our potential or maybe we are on the right path to following God's will. And so that's why I'm passionate about it. And I want to share a little bit about my journey in discovering this for myself. So back when I was three years old, um, the 1988 Winter Olympics were in Calgary, and that's my hometown. That's where I grew up. And my dad was involved in these games, and I went to a lot of the events. I may have been three, but it had a profound impact on my life. And from that point on, I wanted to be an Olympian. That was what I was going to do. Um, I was in lots of different sports, but by the time I was eight years old, I sat down with my parents, had a very serious chat about, okay, it's time to focus on one event. What am I going to do? <laughs> and in that discussion, okay, you're good at endurance, you can run, we have six months of snow a year, why don't you do cross-country skiing, make the most of that winter? So that's what I did. Um, I started cross-country skiing at the age of eight. Um, and I didn't just start skiing, I, I was racing, and it was very clear what my intentions were. And every, every single year as I went on, I became more focused and disciplined and trained, and I was training all year round, and I don't know why, but God just wired this inside me. I wanted to be an Olympian. Maybe it was because it was really neat seeing the whole world come together in unity and peaceful competition. Maybe it was because at the Olympics we have the world's best, the fastest, strongest, fittest people, all pursuing excellence. You see people winning on the world stage and the, the country comes together and is proud and they're inspired. And all of that, I just wanted to be a part of it. So, yeah, fast forward 10 years, um, 18 years old, first year of uni, I decided to, I was still very competitive and very serious about my goal and um, I started studying sports science and kind of, kind of at that point where you're either going to make it or you're not. And I really, obviously really, really wanted to, to be an Olympian because it was part of my identity pursuing this. Um, and I had a meeting with my coach that year, you know, how, how do I need to step it up so I can actually see this come true? And one of the things he said to me was, you know, if you drop a little bit of weight, you will get faster. And as a sports science student, I understood the physiology behind that. You're right. If I'm a little bit leaner and lighter, I will be faster and I will be fitter, and that might make the difference that I need. So I pursued that, and unfortunately, it didn't give me the results I wanted. And when it didn't give me those results that I wanted, um, I started getting irrational thoughts like, oh, I'm slow because I'm too heavy. And unfortunately, I developed an eating disorder. Now, eating disorders are very dark, all-consuming things, and it started to unravel my life. Um, I had to quit skiing. I had to give up my dream, and it was very painful. Um, I felt like a failure. My identity was ruined. Um, yeah, it just, your whole life kind of comes crashing down, and I decided to move away, escape, if I wasn't going to be a skier, then I'd move to Perth. <laughs> um, in, in Perth, no one knows what cross-country skiing is. 
a lot of people have never seen snow. So this was a very safe place for me to be. Um, Perth is a special place um, because in Perth, I found God for myself. I met a group of Christian surfers. I'm not sure if anyone knows Christian surfers, but they're in New Zealand too. And became friends with them, started going to church, and I was saved. And in that journey, God fully healed me. I had been struggling with eating disorder for five years, but he fully healed me and set me free. And in that place of healing, I was able to give my dream and all that pain of feeling like a failure and feeling like I had lost my identity, I was able to give that back to him. And it was, yeah, it was such a good feeling. I had peace. It didn't matter that I didn't make it to the Olympics. It was fine. And as I, as I continued to follow Jesus and pursue him, this happened. Delight in the Lord and he will give you the de desire of your heart. So unexpectedly, I was, I was studying sports science to become a physiologist and I got an opportunity to work with elite athletes. Um, so seven years ago, I actually moved to New Zealand and I started working with High Performance Sport New Zealand and my dream came true in a different way. So this is a picture of me at the Rio Olympics. I went as a support team member, um, working as a physiologist. And these are two of the athletes I get to work with every day and they won a medal for New Zealand. And it was the most incredible thing ever. It was so good <laughs> to be a part of that. And God helped, yeah, God brought me to a place where my dream was a reality, but just in a different way. Now, the reason why I wanted to share this with you is because we all have dreams. We all have things in our, in our hearts that light up and we don't, maybe don't know why. Some of those dreams may be crushed, lost, shattered, and there's pain around them, there's disappointment, feelings of failure. Some people have dreams and they just kind of push them to the side because, oh, it's silly, it's impossible, or maybe it's even frightening. Um, but I guess at the end of the day, it's that we don't need to worry about all the details, we just need to fix our eyes on Jesus, delight in him, seek his kingdom, and just rest in his perfect love. Um, and the rest is up to him. I'm gonna... So I'm just going to um, close with one of my favorite verses that I've always been inspired by. Ephesians 3.20. God can do anything you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply within us. And so, yeah, today my prayer is that God reminds you what it is inside you that lights you up. And my prayer also is that if you need to make a step towards that, that you have the courage to. Thank you. Weren't they all brilliant? How good is that? Thank you, Annalise. Magnificent. Thank you, Steve. Wonderful. Thank you, Julia. Absolutely fantastic. We just so appreciate it. So I'd love you to stand. And I think, you know, almost uh, it would be inappropriate just to kind of, okay, let's go and have coffee.
but but instead it's such a good thing for us just to to be in the moment of of maybe what God is doing for these guys but but more than that I wonder what he's doing for me right now why I'm here today and so I look back and think about Annalise and and her sense of having to face you know this huge issue in her life to admit that she's powerless and that she needs help but that as she's able to step out she discovers that she doesn't have to do this alone and I wonder who of us needs to know that today or something else that she said and I think of Steve and this whole encouragement he, he made a comment you know that that God makes us righteous there's a the sense of you know how God saw Zacchaeus was not how others saw him but and not even how Zacchaeus saw himself but he saw him so much more positively than than Zacchaeus would see himself and noticing the gold in our lives and in others' lives, how amazing is that? And I wonder who of us needs to know and remember that. And then Julia, you know, who will remember most because she was the final one to speak perhaps, but you know, kind of what lights us up, what are our dreams, what have we lost along the way or we think there's even silly or what is beating in our heart um, that God has put and that God can do more than we could ever imagine our great and magnificent God. And so what I would just want to take you into is just a, a moment of prayer and reflection. Um, if, if, you, if you feel nothing in a sense for yourself, maybe you'd like to pray for one of those three who have prayed today, but who's shared today, but I, I wonder more significantly if you might just, might just be willing for God to settle a thought, an idea. It may not even be from our speakers. It could be from our worship or something he's said to you. But to take away, you know, if if you're having lunch with the family, you could have a conversation. What what was the thing that really grabbed me? Um, or if you, you know, kind of if you go into prayer or you're journaling or something like that, what was the thing that, that just resonated with me? It doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to, you know, kind of all fit into some overall picture. You'll know as it touches and warms your heart, that's what we look for, and that's what we can work with and build from. So so would you pray with me? I'd love you to close your eyes, just because it eliminates a little distraction. You know, kind of if you're, if you're game, you know, you might like to, to, to hold out your hands or something like that in a, in a pose of receiving. But God, we come to you, stirred and moved on behalf of three brave pre people, but also conscious, Lord, that, that we are those people as well, that we have things in our past and things in our present, things in our future, dreams, ideas. We have special messages. We have ways that you've formed us and you've molded us, and we stand here today with a, a mixed bag, I suppose, we, most of us would feel, of, of where that puts us today. And we just take a moment here in quiet, and in it, with a certain sense of awe, I think. And we ask you just to lodge something in our heart that would be the, the fruit of our lips at some stage this week that we might be able to process with those close to us or just process directly with you. And we make ourselves available for that. And Lord, we pray for Annalise and we pray for Steve and we pray for Julia. We thank you for them. And as they've shared... Um, quite powerfully of their own journeys. Lord, we, we pray you bless them, that this would be a step further forward in their, in their own personal process, and we ask 
that you would be with them in Jesus' name. And Lord, it just seems appropriate too to pray for people who may even have big things that are happening in their lives. Lord, if we do have you know, people who are struggling with some of those things that Annalise and Julia in particular have talked about, Lord, we pray that tenderly and beautifully you would come alongside them and, and begin to introduce yourself to them in that process, Lord, that they may go forward from, from here, that today would be a, a, a seminal moment, a, an important event that they could um, find find something of the freedom that Annalise and Julia talk about. So would you bless them and help them to you know nourish and nurture and go forward in the right way. And so we thank you for all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. And if you're in the Forest Hill or the Bays area of Auckland's North Shore, we would so love to have you at our next service this Sunday. You can get details on service times and more info on our kids and student environments by visiting svc.org.nz. That's svc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time here on the podcast.